When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is H1, and we're about to be running it back with another episode. Hey, yes, sir. Welcome inside the building of H1. And today, we're going to be talking about how to attack your opponent successfully in a chess game. Successfully. That's the key word. That's the key word. Because most people um, think about attacking in a certain way. And I want to change your mind. I want to change your frame of thinking. So listen up, listen up. We're going to be talking about, first of all, what is attacking? Second of all, we are going to bring up when to attack your opponent. And then why is attacking important and how to attack your opponent? We're going to figure out if we can go through all these. Hopefully we can. And if we can't, then we can do another episode on to how to attack your opponent. Okay. Now, let me put in my plugs right quick, which you will get the sponsorship after this segment. But anyway, um, my plug, Instagram is H1 Chess. Chess Knowledge with H1 is my Facebook. Chess Knowledge with H1 is my YouTube. And if you're listening to this, maybe my YouTube is already at 200 subscribers right now. But if it's not, then you can change that. I can reach 200 subscribers with just one press of a button. Just go over to YouTube, subscribe, you know. If you've been listening to me, then just do me that favor. If you like H1. But if you don't, then just keep on listening to it. Because, hey, I want everybody to learn. I want everybody to be at a certain level in their chess career. But anyway, let's go on to the next segment. Hey, this is sponsored by Aim Chess. What is Aim Chess? What is it? H1's going to tell you what Aim Chess is. It's a software, right? It's a software that analyzes your most recent games and grabs your weaknesses and strengths. And after it analyzes your games, they provide you personalized lessons to improve it. And then you can review your personal games to see what you could have done better. On top of that, they got this training room where you can retry mistakes, train your intuition, capitalize on your advantages, and etc. on top of that. So this is the deal. It's a website called aimchess.com. Or you can get the app called aimchess. And I'll talk with the people behind the scenes. So if you use the promo code H1Chess25, that is H1Chess25, you can get 25% off your subscription in the first month. Or you can just try it for free and see what you think and then pay for the subscription. Okay? So there you go. There you have it. You're welcome.
Hello. And we're here today talking about attacking in chess. What is attacking in chess? What is it, really? Come on, H1. Tell me what it is. Well, H1 is going to tell you what attacking in chess is. Now, when I was a young boy, people view attacking in chess as throwing your pieces at your opponent's king. People view attacking it as something you should do straight out of the opening. Or they view attacking as something you always should end in checkmate. Or something that always evolve the opponent's king. But if you would ask me, are those correct, H1? Are those correct? Are those the ways that you should be attacking your king? Then I would say as H1, no, you're wrong. And you have to view attacking in the right manner. Because if you view it in this manner, then your chess skills will completely be stumbled and you will not grow in your rating. So what is a general way on how to attack in chess? How to think about attacking in chess? This is the correct definition that should be in your head. Attacking in chess is creating a threat that your opponent has to handle. Does that sound like a definition that involves a king all the time? Does that sound like a definition that involves you attacking your opponent straight out of the opening? No, it doesn't. So H1 is here to give you that accurate insight on attacking in chess. So, for example, other ways on how to attack is you can have a destructive attack on your on the queen side threatening to push your majority okay or you're attacking your opponent's queen threatening to trap it or for the last one that most people hear all the time you could be dismantling the castled king threatening to end the game so when you bring up attacking in chess you have to be more specific because Attacking in chess is broad. It's too broad of a term. Now, since we covered that, I will in my next episodes, I don't know if in this season, but probably in my next seasons, I will be going over specific ways, specific principles on to attack the opponent's castled king, to attack the opponent's uncastled king, to control the center, to attack the center, how to attack and close positions, things in that manner I will talk about indefinitely, okay? I can talk about that forever, and I was having a hard time to even condense this outline because I didn't want to go completely into those subjects, but here we are right now. And I remember when I was fixated on attacking each one of my games, and I thought about these things. I used to want to play like Mikhail Tall, Gary Kasparov, Paul Morphy, Bobby Fischer, all those great grandmasters from our history. And I studied their games and tried for dear life to apply them to my games with basically no success because I was I was an idiot. <laughs> when it came to chess in the beginning, it was it was pretty sad. It sucked. It really did. And I was confused, wondering like, 
why ain't I achieving what I need? All I want to do is attack my opponent. Why can't I just do that? I'm H1, like, for real. I was little H1, but still, I was still H1. Then I learned something super important, and I just hit my I just hit my knuckle, but then I just learned something really important. And I started hitting those books, and I discovered this term called premature attack. And I didn't know what it meant before. And you probably like, dang, I already know this H1. Why, why are we talking about this? Or you're probably like, oh, snap, that's a new term. I don't know what that is at all. And if you're on both of the sides, I just need you to just stay here, listen, and, you know, don't don't run away. Don't run away because I'm going to go more into it. So a premature attack is basically not having enough firepower behind your attack to get the job done. And that's simple terms to explain that term. And once I realized this term, I knew exactly what I needed to change. I knew exactly what I needed to change. And, ah, man, it was so insightful. It, it led me to want to know when to attack and how to attack. And those were the big two things that I needed to learn for me to exceed. <laughs> man, dang. And those were the two things. Man, H1, you just messed up the whole emotional part. Crap, bro. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> okay. Those were the big two things that I needed to learn for me to succeed. So... Let's walk on into it. Let's walk on that sidewalk. Don't hit a crack because you don't want to break your mommy's back. And that's how we're eating this segment. Okay, next one. When to attack your opponent. Let's get to it. This is the waiting room segment, Chess Jokes by H1. And the joke of today is, life is like chess. You can never find a mate. (laughs) I understand you, bro. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Hello there. And it's time to get straight down to business because we are going to be talking about when to attack your opponent. Let's get straight into it. So attacking an opponent depends solely on the position. For example, if your opponent's king is on the king's side, castled with all the pieces surrounding it, and all of your pieces are on the queen's side, and your king is on the king's side, but all of your pieces is on the queen's side, and you're trying to plan to attack your opponent's king, literally that could be impossible. Because you should be attacking 
where you are the strongest. And if you're the strongest on the queen side, then just stay on the queen side. Don't worry about your opponent's king. Worry about attacking your opponent on the queen side. Attacking your opponent pawns. Making sure that you're putting overwhelming pressure on your opponent's queen side. Okay? If you don't have the position to attack, then you have two options. Make yourself some position. I mean, make yourself some activity because you can sacrifice pieces, sacrifice a pawn, put your pieces on long lines, long diagonals, long files, ranks, things of that nature, or defend for the rest of the game, which defending, defending sucks. Defending sucks. Have you ever defended for a whole game for like two hours and then realized that you missed one check and then you lost the game afterwards and then there was money on the line so you could have had an extra $25? Um, I have. And it sucks. So for me not to feel like that anymore, I either go all in or I don't. But usually I go all in. Make yourself some activity. Make your game smoother, clearer for you to understand. Another thing, a good attack is built on activity. So if you don't have that, then something went wrong. You got to build your activity from the opening. And guess what? A good attack depends on the opening you choose. Which is weird to say. It depends on the opening you choose, the variations that you go through. So if you go through a boring opening with symmetrical pawn structures, like, I don't know, the French defense exchange variation, which doesn't bring you any attack at all, then you're not going to have that satisfying attack on your opponent's king. But if you was playing the King's Indian defense or the King's Indian attack, if you're on the white side, then you might have more chances on attacking your opponent's king in that opening. So attacking depends on the opening you choose and which way that you want to attack. If you don't follow the opening principles, then it doesn't matter what opening you choose. You will not have any chances. And I say this if you're playing a good player. You would not have any chances of any threats in the middle game. And you'll be defending like a hobbit. You'll be defending like a turtle. A turtle walking on the highway. Imagine you being a turtle walking on the highway. That's what you would be doing if you're defending. Come on. In this day and age, you have to attack. You have to build activity. If you don't build activity, then there's no purpose of playing chess. Because chess is all about... Those situations is all about releasing, overwhelming your opponent. Overwhelming your opponent. There are a lot of things that you should be alert about when finding an attack. And here are some of the things that can warn you. Oh, snap. Maybe I can get an attack off on my opponent. For example, your opponent's king is uncastled with an open center that could be like oh snap 
let me look for an attack let me look for all these checks captures and etc in that position another example maybe your opponent has undefended pieces or maybe your opponent has pawn weaknesses they have like these isolated double pawns on the ephod and you're like wow that's crazy let me attack those pawns out the wazoo or maybe your opponent has this super slow plan where they're going knight b8 uh knight d7 hopefully i'm not embarrassing myself and just trying to go knight b8 97 knight i don't know where, where else would he go knight f8 i don't know these slow plans then you'd be like okay so how can i ruin that because clearly that's too slow for the position that we have right now like this is an open position and you're doing slow moves like that in a closed position oh no nah. Nah, you're not going to get away with that. No, sir. So basically, your opponent blunders. Then you can look for a really good attack. Even in inaccuracy. And it might be hard for you to find an inaccuracy. But when you play more chess, get that experience under your belt. Then you will find those blunders, those inaccuracies, those checks those captures and know those principles by heart if you write these down or just listen to me again while i explain when to attack your opponent okay bye now next segment we're going to be talking about why is attacking important So, we're here now. And H1 is going to explain why is attacking important. Why is it? Why do we attack? Why should you go for the attack? Well, attacking is important because in chess, you want to put tremendous pressure on your opponent. And if you're not putting pressure on your opponent, then why are you playing chess? Because you want to put so much pressure on your opponent that they mess up and give you the win. That's how blunders happen and inaccuracies because of pressure. You want to overwhelm your opponent no matter what. You want to see them sweating. You want to see them be dilated in their eyeballs. I don't even know why I even said that because you shouldn't be looking at your opponent that intensely over the chessboard. But you want your opponent to even feel the pressure, the feel the aura that's coming from you on the chessboard, even online. People can feel it. When they're getting low on time, they feel the pressure that you're putting on them because you are overwhelming your opponent. That is the purpose of attacking. The game of chess was built on battling your opponent's ideas. And if you're just sitting there waiting on your opponent to do something first to me personally that is not a fun way to play chess it's not battling it might be strategic though i don't know but it's not battling you need to fight with your activity 
and you need to shut down your opponent's plan. That's how I like to play chess. That's why it's so important to attack when you have that opportunity because everybody hates defending. Well, not everybody, but the majority of people hate defending because you have to watch out for all these threats from your opponent instead of having a single idea in mind that, oh, snap, I'm just trying to attack the king. But when you're defending, you're like, okay, I have to stop my opponent from attacking the king. And then I have to stop my opponent from doing this fork and this pin and this uh, combination of moves. And then I have to stop my opponent from having this strategic idea to get into an end game and winning that. And then I have to stop my opponent from getting two pawns ahead and stop my opponent from looking at me and putting too too much pressure. And then, oh, snap, I didn't really recognize that I'm taking too much time to... To even think about how to defend against all my opponent's threats and I haven't even calculated anything yet. Ah, yeah, you think about all that stuff when you're defending and that's why it's horrible. It's horrible and you need to avoid defending at all costs unless it is necessary. Now, how to attack your opponent in this section. It gets pretty, it gets pretty good. I don't know. I like this section because now I can deliver the knowledge that you need to attack your opponent after we just went over. What what did we just went over? What did we just go over? Uh, We went over what is attacking and you got that knowledge. And then we went over when to attack. Why is attacking important? Now, the next segment, how to attack your opponent. And this is going to be the beef that you need when you're attacking your opponent okay next segment we're really going to get down to business in this next segment so make sure you get there make sure you listen to the sponsorship (laughs) ah snap i love this This is the waiting room segment. Chess quotes by H1. And the quote of today is If you're not fighting in chess, why are you playing? Thank you for listening. It's crazy to think about this because no one can just answer how to attack your opponent in one simple sentence. Because in chess, it's so much broader than that. And if you're trying to learn how to attack, then you have to learn about several different specific terms. So for now, I will explain some general advice on how to attack your opponent because each section pretty much deserves its own episode. So I would have to talk about how to attack your opponent when they're castled, how to attack um, your opponent if they didn't castle their king, how to perform a majority or minority attack, how to control the center, reclaim the center, attack the center, how to attack on opposite sides of the board, which 
that's when the real war begins when you're castled on opposite sides of the board and etc that can go on for days weeks months years but I will simplify it for you in this episode so that you can be on your way on being the next Bobby Fisher. So here we go. First of all, one of the quickest ways on how to attack is to notice your pawns. One good principle to follow is to usually, um, dang, I messed up that whole sentence, but it's usually good to attack in the direction your pawns are pointing. So when you have a long pawn chain, a long pawn chain together protecting each other and they're pointing at the king side so you have a pawn on b2 c3 d4 e5 f6 and that long pawn train is pointing towards your opponent's king if they're castled on the king side then that's the direction where you should be attacking since you're the strongest in that direction so simply put, you can learn a lot just for just from looking from your pawns. Now, then you would have to learn a lot about strategy, about pawn structures, about how to attack when you have an isolated D pawn or how to take advantage of your opponent's pawn weaknesses. Let's say they have a backwards pawn, how to take advantage of that. And that just comes with time. That just comes with time. So another thing that you can notice when you're looking at your pawns is um, pawn breaks. When you notice pawn breaks, you can set your plan of attacking way easier. It happens way easier when you realize your pawn breaks. And pawn breaks are just those... those, It's that pawn move that punishes your opponent... And it's not really a punish all the time, but it breaks your opponent's pawns. That's what the pawn break is for. And it's hard to explain it within words. So I encourage you to look it up so that you can get better at chess and learn what pawn breaks are. Let's say you have the direction you want to attack your opponent. And let's go more specific. Let's say you want to attack your opponent's king. Let me share with you some principles on how to get that started. First of all, two good principles to follow when attacking your opponent's castled king is first, usually before you attack on the flank, you're supposed to make sure that the center is closed. Let me repeat that. Before you attack on the flank, make sure that the center is closed. So... When you're attacking the king, you don't want to be dealing with any other drama in the center. Because when you're attacking the king, pushing all your pawns on the flank, and the center isn't settled, and there's still a lot of tension, a lot of pieces that could be captured in the center, then you're actually exposing your king to be attacked. Because usually, when you're attacking on the flank, you're either pushing up pawns in front of your king, or... Maybe it's the opposite way. Then, if the center opens up and your pawns is just out there flanging around, then your pawns become weak because they don't have any support 
And it's kind of like, it's kind of like that you just stubbed your toe on the dresser. Because you know how to walk. But then that dresser just got in your way, just stubbed that mug. Put the dresser back, man. (laughs) Put the dresser back. Wait until the center is closed permanently, then attack on the flame. Secondly, one major principle to attacking, it's most likely best to have four to five pieces prepared to have a successful attack on the king. Four to five pieces. Four to five pieces. And usually sometimes you can have three. And maybe with a weaker opponent you can get two pieces to attack your opponent's king. But to have a successful attack against a really strong player. You need four to five pieces. That means that you have to build the attack. You have to make sure that your pawns are in the right position. You got to make sure that the center is closed. Everything has to be right. And you have to have activity on top of that with your pieces, flexibility, space. And once you're fully prepared, then nothing can really stop you. And honestly, these two principles alone will give you the attack you want every single time. And it takes a lot of time to finish off an attack. You know, it takes a lot of time to even compete with a stronger player because that stronger player, they've been defending against good attackers their whole life. But they don't know you. Oh, snap. They don't know you. They don't know the will that you have to attack them just like Bobby Fischer. So you show them that you're going to be the next Bobby Fischer on that chessboard. So we will talk about this a lot more in future episodes, but I would have to, you know, I would have to prepare it. One last thing. Let's say you attacked the mess out of your opponent and then there is no checkmate. And I've ran into this several different times and I lost the games because of this, because I was trying to figure out, oh, snap, why is there not a checkmate? Uh, I'm sweating, I'm anxious, uh, I'm nauseous, there's money on the line, and I'm only 15. (laughs) The last thing didn't matter, but as a teenager, you're just super emotional for no reason. Hey, and if you're a teenager listening to this, just just know that, and you're going to be 21 and be like, dang, H1 was right. But when you don't have checkmate in sight, and you just got done dismantling your opponent, You have to come to the realization that it's important to recognize that checkmate is not the goal of an attack on the king. Checkmate is not the goal. You know what is the goal? Getting a winning position. In every attack, getting a winning position is always the goal. And then finishing the win after you get that winning position. Don't chase after checkmates. Don't chase after attacking the king. Chase after winning positions. Because once you acquire that, and then once that is in your intuition, 
once accomplishing winning positions is muscle memory, that's where the real wins come from. So hopefully you can gather some information out of that, how to attack your opponent. You know, if you message me on like, I don't know, from Instagram, H1Chess, if you want some more information on attacking in these specific terms, then I will definitely go over it. Uh, Let me know so that I can prepare for season five (laughs) more accurately. Okay. Thank you. Wow, we finally made it. I just came in with the heat. H1 just came in with the heat. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Learning how to attack. I will be more specific in future episodes. So please stay here. And if you haven't yet, please follow so that you can stay notified. And if you like it so much, since this information is just free. You can have it for free. Hey, write a review. Check out my Patreon. You know, don't be shy. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. You know, don't be shy. If you really appreciate this stuff, then hey, show me the love. Show me the love. And you listening to this right now means that you got to the end of this episode. And that's already showing love. Just do the most you can if you appreciate the information. So with that all said, Thank you for being here. And hey, next week, let's get ready to run it back with another episode. Let's get ready to run it back. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Peace.